Hello and welcome to Inside Job with V and Pam. We're here to share and discuss ways that we've found joy, meaning, self-love, and purpose in our life journeys. Though our lives have unique trajectories and we all have our own experiences, one truth remains constant. Change is an inside job. Our wish is to share at least one spark that lights your inner flame, helping illuminate what's true for you so that you can find your next right steps. This is episode 45. Today, V goes solo, talking about the other S word, should. She highlights the power that the word should holds over us when we let it and touches on the ways it sets us up for disappointment and failure, along with the emotions it can stir up. V also offers some ways to break the habit of shoulding on yourself or dealing with other people who should on you. And as always, it boils down to a truth we say here on repeat. You always get to choose. What's one way that you could stop shoulding on yourself. Hello, my friends, and welcome. Things are a little bit different today than they have been in recent weeks, and here's why. First of all, I am multitasking. I am doing this recording for the podcast, Inside Job with V and Pam, and I am also going to use this on my own personal YouTube channel. Secondly, Today, Pam is not here. I am doing a solo podcast. I'm expecting Pam to be back next week. In the meantime, I'm going to take a few minutes today to talk to you all about the new S word. It is not the S word that you might be anticipating. It is instead the word should. The word should is heavy. It is also a word that I find we use without even really giving any thought. Just for an example, I've been working with the word should in my own inner work uh, for the past month or so. And one day I was keeping track of how often I say the word should. And even with it in the front of mind, uh, and even knowing that I was tracking it for myself, which you would tend to think would make it less for me, I found that I said the word should about 42 times. And I say about because there were a couple of times that I consciously stopped myself. So if I were to count all of the incidences in which I started with the word should or contained the word should in a sentence of my own, it was closer to 50. And that was over the course of I don't know, like an eight or 10 hour day. I didn't necessarily track it for 24 hours. And it was a small sample. It was a group of one myself. So not necessarily a scientific study. What I recognized is that I say the word should (sighs) far more often than I should. (laughs) So what's the big deal about the word should? Isn't it something that we say to ourselves as a reminder? Isn't it something that we say to ourselves to give a task or an event or a a conscious thought a priority? Well, here's the thing. The word should 
sets an expectation. The word should creates inner tension. The word should can give us an extra cognitive load, and the word should creates feelings in us of shame, blame, and guilt. Let's break those down a little bit. So the word should creates an expectation. How does it do this? When I say to myself, I should take care of that, or when I say to you, I think you should take option B. I am creating an expectation. I am giving myself or you the message that, in my opinion, this is what is the next right step for myself or for you. It's not, it's not a heartfelt direction necessarily. It usually comes more from the logical brain, from the pragmatic brain, from the thinking mind, which are all aspects of the ego, right? So we've talked here in the podcast before about how the ego creates a sense of expectation, which is one side of a coin, the other side of which is disappointment. So when I say to myself, I should take care of this. What I'm doing is creating an expectation for myself. And then if something else comes up, or if I don't get to that action or to that event or to that expectation, I create a sense of disappointment within myself. I create inner turmoil. I create a kind of a negative spiral because I have set myself up with the should, with the expectation, and then when I don't follow through, I set up, I, uh, excuse me, not set up, I experience a feeling of disappointment, a feeling of failure, a feeling of lack within myself. If I project the should onto you, then I am also setting up an expectation in you that will then possibly create a feeling of disappointment in yourself or within me or within both of us, depending on the outcome. Also, putting the should on ourselves, putting that expectation on ourselves, if we fail to follow through, and I use the word fail, which I've often referred to as the, the true F word, if we, if we end up not fulfilling that expectation, then we feel as though we have failed. We feel as though there's a sense of lack within us, a sense of lack in our ability or our um, connection to the other person or our connection to ourselves because we have somehow let ourselves down. We have somehow let the other person down because of the contrast of the expectation versus the reality of what really is a priority, what really matters most to us, what really are we choosing to do versus what we quote unquote should or should not do. So that is how should creates a feeling of expectation. How does should create inner tension? 
Well, specifically by that interplay, that turmoil of, oh no, now I expect this of myself. What happens if I don't fulfill that? What happens if that decide if I decide that that's not a priority for me? What happens if I decide the other person's expectation is not a priority for me? Then I'm setting them up for disappointment. How does that make me look in their eyes? How does that make me look in my own eyes? So when we should on ourselves, quote unquote, what we are doing is creating an inner tension and an inner turmoil. And in that state, because we're human, we will often fulfill the expectation rather than sit in the discomfort. We fulfill the expectation even if it's not a priority for us or even if it's not what matters most to us because it releases that discomfort. It releases us from the burden of carrying that responsibility in a way, whether we've put it on ourselves or whether someone else has put it on us. So should creates an inner tension that sets us up. It's a persuader, right? It's a qualifier. And we may tell ourselves the story, if I don't do this, if I don't do what I should, then I am not good enough. I am not worthy of my own love, my own admiration. I'm not worthy of that other person's love, gratitude, admiration, because I failed, because I didn't do what I should have done. How does should create an extra cognitive load? Should creates an extra cognitive load because there's always that voice in the back of our heads. That's not what you should be doing. You should be taking care of this instead. Why are you, quote unquote, wasting time doing that action or doing that task when what you should be doing is this action or this task? It creates a cognitive load because there's an extra expectation there, the extra voice in our head that is reminding us of the ways that we're failing ourselves, of the ways that we're failing someone else, simply because of that setup of should, right? When we start out with should, we end up creating a lot more work for ourselves. We end up trying to squeeze it in or shoehorn it in to get it all done instead of asking ourselves, what is most important to me? How can I maintain a boundary around what is most important to me so that I don't pick up this other person's expectation or so that I don't pick up an ego-driven expectation for myself? When we have that extra cognitive load, it's one more burden to bear in a day and we all have these days that are already so crammed, so busy, days in which we are already going down the laundry list and checking off all the to-dos, days when we already feel as though we don't have any space to breathe, any time for ourselves, any room to stretch or to pause, right? When we put the should on ourselves, when we should on ourselves, uh, we 
say we are basically driving ourselves to take that one more step and not in a way that's going to help us necessarily reach our own goal or our own vision, but in a way that's expecting us to do something that likely is somehow put on us by someone else. Even if we feel like it's coming from ourselves, if it's a should rather than a want or a desire or a basic need, if it's a should, it's usually some influence from outside of ourselves, some sort of expectation. Does that make sense? So should creates an expectation. It creates the opportunity for disappointment. It creates an inner tension. It creates an extra cognitive load. I also mentioned that should creates emotions like shame and blame and guilt. How does that happen? Well, the other side of the expectation coin is disappointment. Should creates expectation, which then leads to disappointment or can lead to disappointment. When we miss the mark somehow, when we believe we've let ourselves down or let someone else down, we feel shame. We feel that we are not good enough, that we are not achieving all we could achieve. Even if what's been put on us is something that does not matter most to us. Pam and I have talked a lot in here about listening to our hearts, about asking ourselves, what do I need right now? What is most important to me right now? And when we should on ourselves, we end up adding things that don't feel important to us for the simple fact that if they did feel important to us, then we would already be doing them or addressing them or taking care of them. They would not be a should. They would be, this is what I do. This is what's next. This is my next right step. So a should is a diversion. It's a distraction. It's something that keeps us from taking the next right step, from asking ourselves, what is most important to me? From allowing ourselves to stay on that path and to become, to t- excuse me, not to become, but to take a step closer to our favorite selves, to take a step closer to our visions, to our goals. Because if it wasn't an expectation, if it was something that was truly dear to us, that truly meant the most to us, then it would be the action we were taking or what we were pursuing next. Does that make sense? So when I say, are you shoulding on yourself, what I'm picturing is dropping these blocks or bricks or maybe droppings (laughs) on ourselves that prevent us from keeping clarity on the path, from moving toward what matters most to us, from following our deepest desires. When you feel yourself beginning to do that, what does it feel like? It feels muddy. It feels heavy. It feels like a struggle. It feels resistive. It feels 
like dragging an anchor. It feels, I think the phrase is, like an albatross around your neck. So an albatross is a giant bird. It's far bigger than a seagull. I think it has a six-foot wingspan. So imagine something that large, maybe 30 or 40 pounds, around your neck. That's an albatross around your neck that is what we put on ourselves when we set ourselves up with should. So when the question comes up, should I do this? Not sure. Why would I do this? Whatever it is. Why would I take this action? Why would I make this choice? And conversely, why would I not? take this action? Why would I not make this choice? When we have clarity, like we've talked about in here before, when we have clarity, we see our vision, we see our goal. And when we have that firmly in mind, when we see that with crystal clarity, then everything we encounter, every opportunity, every obstacle, every action, every interaction becomes a yes or a no question. Will this bring me closer to my vision? Will this bring me closer to my goal? Will this fill my well? If the answer is yes, then it's a hell yes, and we go for it. If the answer is a no, then in order to honor ourselves, in order to keep that trust in ourselves, in order to maintain our own boundaries, we can say, no, thank you. We can say, that's not what I'm choosing. Because we always get to choose. We always get to decide where our energy goes, where our uh, action goes. So when you believe I should, or when someone says to you, you should, ask yourself, not should, but would. Would I choose this? Why would I choose this? Why would I not choose this? That can bring you back to your own clarity. That can bring you back to whether this is true, that it's something that you quote unquote should do. Because if you choose to do it, then it's not an expectation. It is simply your next right action. If you choose to do it willingly, even if it doesn't bring you farther on your path, even if it doesn't bring you closer to your goal, if you are willingly choosing to take that action or to engage in that interaction or to do that thing, then it's not a should it's a choice. And whenever you choose to do something with eyes open, with willingness, then it's not someone else or yourself putting it on you as a should. It is you saying, yes, this is what I do next. Because it brings me closer, or I know that it's not bringing me closer, and I'm choosing to do it. I am choosing. I am willing. That's the difference between should I and will I. So the next time that you get a should in your head or put on you by someone else, take a pause. 
take all the time you need. You can say to someone, I hear you. I hear that this is a priority for you. I hear that you believe I should do this. Let me get back to you. Let me see, and I will get back to you. You're not making a promise. You're not saying, yes, I will do this. You are saying, I will consider and leave it at that. You don't have to explain. You don't have to say why you are taking the time to consider it. Thank you very much for your suggestion. I will consider it. Let me get back to you. Then you get to decide whether it's important to you to do this thing or have this interaction or not. It's okay to give yourself the time and the space to consider and to ask yourself, what does my heart say? Is this important to me? Maybe the action itself is not important to you and the relationship with the person who put the should on you is important to you. If that's the case and you are willing to take the action, then by all means, take the action. If you believe or if you see that taking that action will solidify your relationship, will create a deeper connection between you. Here's the thing though. Sometimes we can lead ourselves to believe that a relationship will be enhanced by our action when it's a should. Even when, in truth, the other person is using us, the other person is taking advantage of us. And this is why I feel it's so important to take the pause and to feel into this because our brains will tell us, oh yes, I'll be happy to do that for you. If that means that you and I will be closer, if that means that you will think more of me, if that means that we will have a deeper bond because of this, then I am all in. Absolutely. Because our egos want to be liked. Our egos want other people to approve of us. Our egos want other people to see us in a good light. We want to make other people comfortable, even at our own expense, especially when we feel that we are not worthy of their love, of their attention, of their care, of their respect. And that's an imbalance. So especially if that's the type of relationship in which you are getting should upon, and I say that tongue in cheek because it goes with the other word, um, give yourself a minute to pause. Give yourself half a day to pause. Give yourself 24 hours to pause, whatever it takes to really, really ask yourself, is this truly going to enhance my connection with this person? Is this truly what is going to deepen our bond? Or is this something that is going to benefit the other person 
and not come back to me. Once again, if you see it, if you see that it will benefit the other person and not necessarily you, it may not enhance your relationship. It may not deepen your bond. If you are willing to still spend your time and your energy, then say yes, as long as you do so willingly, as long as you do so consciously, as long as you make the choice. Because sometimes it takes us getting knocked down repeatedly until we decide we are no longer willing to tolerate that situation. Until we decide we are no longer willing to have the rug pulled out from under us or to be knocked down. So even if there's a part of you that thinks, you know, I don't really know if this is worth it, give yourself time to listen to that part of you, to listen to that voice, and to decide, am I willing to do this even at the risk of not getting it back? Am I willing to do this even if I know in my heart that this will not enhance this relationship, that this will not enhance this connection? And I keep saying relationship with another person. I'm also going to turn this around and say that we also build a relationship with ourselves. We also build a relationship within ourselves. When we act in alignment, when we do what we know is best for us, when we act within our values, we are building trust within ourselves again. When we act out of alignment with ourselves, when we take an action that is not is not part of our core values, is not part of who we are and who we want to be. When we do it because we want others to be comfortable or we do it because we believe it's going to get us farther, when we do it with our eyes closed and we pretend that it will all turn out okay or we pretend that it's going to be good for us or we pretend that it really doesn't matter, even when our hearts know that it does. That is when we betray ourselves. That is when we lose trust in ourselves. So I talk about other people shoulding on us. We also should on ourselves. So when you say to yourself, I should do this, take a moment and ask, is this true? What does my heart say? What matters most to me? Is this aligned with my values, with what I believe is most important? If you need to take the time to write those questions down, to write down the answers, if you need to take the time to talk it through with someone you trust, or to talk it through in the mirror while you look into your own eyes and speak the way you would to your beloved, to your dearest friend, to the people that are closest to you in your heart. 
taking that time, whether it's you shoulding on yourself or someone else putting a should on you, give yourself that gift of time to pause and reflect and ask, is this in alignment for me? Is this in alignment with my values? Does this matter the most to me? And when you can answer those questions honestly, with kindness, with compassion, then you will know whether the should is true for you. And then it's not a should, then it is, this is my next right step. This is what I do. So, I hope you have found this solo podcast to be of service. I hope that you have heard at least one thing that resonates with you or that helps you farther on your own path. As I said, I am looking forward to having Pam join me again next week. And uh, there will be more times when each of us do these solo podcasts. It's something we decided to try. And let us know what you think of it. Until next week, take good care. And I'm looking forward to coming back and sharing more with you. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you spending time with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know. And thanks for your support. Pam and V are certified coaches who love to help people remember who they're truly meant to be. To find out more about working with Pam Davis, you can contact her at coachpamdavis at gmail.com. For more information about Virginia's work, visit her website at www.vlabasi.com. That's www.vlabasi.com.